0: Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit ExperienceLiberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at DavidTice.com. So, without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Wow, what a blessing to be here at Liberty Baptist Church. My wife, Marcy, who's seated right over here, we have such a wonderful time coming here. And it has been just great meeting all of the missionary families this week. I don't know about you, but I have loved meeting the lions. They are seated right back over here. They are missionaries in Ecuador. And if you have not yet met the lion king, he's seated right over there. Make sure you see him. Uh, after the service. And then over here on this side, the McCormacks who are working uh, by God's grace in Arequipa, Peru. Uh, I have been there in their city. My goodness, it's an amazing place for them to serve, and I'm so grateful that they're here this week. And then, of course, the Andersons who I've heard about for many years, uh, Miss Rebecca's father, Gary Ellison, is a friend of mine, and I'm so grateful that I finally got to meet the Andersons this week. And then with them is Tracy Paver. Now, I want to help you with the, her, uh, the pronunciation of her name, okay? Her name is Paver, P-A-V-E-R, and when she has a low month financially, she sometimes goes by the name of Paver-T, okay? So... Um, <laughs> You pray for her. She needs some support, and um, I know that that would be a blessing to her. I mentioned that to her yesterday. I said, you've got to use this. You need to tell pastors, my name is Pover, as in poverty. Would you support me? And uh, <laughs> she said, Brother Bill, I don't think I could say that. I said, okay, well, then I'll say it from the pulpit. <laughs> All right? So there you go, Miss Tracy. You can record me. It's, it's on YouTube or something now. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, 1 Timothy chapter number 1, I have the privilege of having grown up in a missionary family, and my mother was a missionary kid as well. I think I have 36 family members that are in missions, and um, I, I am just so grateful for the privilege of serving God and one of the passages that has really meant a lot to me is the passage that I want to speak from today in first Timothy chapter number one where Paul gives us his testimony of salvation would you please follow along as I read first Timothy chapter number one I'll begin reading in verse number 12 and read through verse 17 the Bible says and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus is, came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, howbeit for this cause: I obtained mercy. that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence and realizing, Lord, that you have a specific plan and a goal a reason for which you saved us. Lord, today, I pray that you would give me the opportunity to be able to share clearly what you have placed upon my heart in regard to this subject. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I'd like to speak on the subject of why God saved me. If I could get somebody to help me back there. Maybe this clicker is off. Uh, Let's see here. Well, is there an on-off button? Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Dr. Tice. You know, it's such a blessing. Yeah. I'm surprised the church didn't give him a standing ovation. I should have mentioned also that this week with us is a wonderful missionary family who have been um, speaking as the keynote speakers in the Hispanic church, Uh, the Spanish church. Dr. Basilio Alfaro and Mrs. Eunice Alfaro. Their last name, Alfaro, is from Spanish, and then originally from Arabic. Al, of course, meaning the. Faro is a, an Arabic word meaning lighthouse or a beacon. What a great name for a preacher. You know, someone who's a beacon for Christ, and and he really has been a beacon for Christ. He's one of my heroes. Thirty years ago, when I was getting started in ministry, I heard him preach, and I'm just so grateful that they're here this week. It's quite an honor for me to preach and, and him to be here. Why God saved me. Now, as soon as you hear why God saved me, of course, you're probably thinking, well, he saved me because he loves me. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Brother Bill, God save me because he loves me. You're right, you're right. You know, that's a phrase that I've learned in several different languages. I'd like to share that with you. How to say God loves you. In Hindi, you would say, Prabhu In Telugu, you would say, in Thai, you would say "prajao Rugtan. In Mongolian, um, you would say "borhan tan harete." In in English, you, we say "God loves you." In Spanish, we say Dio te uh, "dios te ama." In Italian, "dios te ama." In, um, and I lost my list here. There we go. In Russian, you say "boglyubite tebe." In Romanian, you say "dumnezeo te iubeste." In Ukrainian, you say "boglyubite tebe." In Chinese, you would say, Shangdi, I In Nahuatl, Totatin, Mitniki. In Mixtec, Diosiki, Indira, Shindra, Yo. In Mom of Guatemala, Akman, Dios, inchkontea." In Maya of Mexico, Dios, Nohoch, Tukani, Dios, Uyakumaech. In Hebrew, Elohim, Ohev, Otha. In Greek, Theos, Agapa, Su. In Quechua of Ecuador, Dios, Cantacuyan. In every single language that you can say, God loves you, when we hear those three words, God loves you, wow, that makes a difference in our life, doesn't it? To think that the God of this universe who who created you and me is interested in us personally to the extent he wants to spend eternity with us together in heaven. That's amazing. Just as God has a specific plan for our life. He also has a specific reason for which he saved us. And here in this passage, the Apostle Paul is going to give us three reasons why it is that God saved us. Now, whenever that we find out God's purpose is for our life, we really have two choices, okay? We can either be obedient to that which God wants us to do, or we can be disobedient to what God wants us to do. And by the way, any time that the devil can get us to be disobedient to God's will, in effect, he's getting us to do the will of the devil and so God saves us and he has purposes but he also wants us to be saved and he he wants us to know that we're saved so that we can accomplish the three purposes found in this passage for which God saved us I'd like for you to go with me please to verse number 13 the Bible says in verse number 13 who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious But I obtained mercy. What is Paul saying there? The first reason why God saved me is so that I could be changed. Now in your bulletin, you're going to find a little handout this morning. And in that handout, you're going to see the notes. And if you want to follow along with that, that might help you. There's a few places that you can add in some words there so that you can take notes of what we're going through this morning. But God saved me so that I could be changed. Paul here writes about this amazing transformation that occurred in his life. See, he says, who was before? I'm no longer this, Paul says. I used to be this, but now God has changed me. So why does God save me? He saves me so that I could be changed. You see, here we see Paul's sins. I want you to notice them, please. I want you to notice, first of all, he says blasphemy. Now, what exactly is blasphemy? Blasphemy is when I attribute to God what the devil does or I attribute to the devil what God has done Do you remember there in the book of Job where we read about this man who basically in one day lost everything he had he lost all of his children he lost all of his possessions he lost everything his wife comes to him and says hey Job curse God and die what was she saying she was saying attribute all of this malady to God and then because of this sin of blasphemy, he's going to kill you, and then it's all over, and so you'll, you'll no longer have to suffer. Blasphemy is when the devil, who actually did this to Job, somehow or another we give the credit to God. God, why did you do this to me? What if it wasn't God? Be careful with blasphemy. And then the second sin that we see in the life of Paul is the sin of persecution. He was attacking Christians. You know, some people just love to attack Christians. You ever met somebody like that, Pastor Tice? They just love to make your life difficult. They hate you because you're a Christian. They, They kind of go out of their way to try to find someone who's a Christian. They're a persecutor. And then the Bible tells us that he was also insolent. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means that he was violent. It means that he picked a fight. The word injurious used in our Bible is this word that means it's someone who just goes out of their way to always have a fight that that they've picked with someone. Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to think right now of that person that you know who is the most wicked, who is the most vile, the most wretched. Perhaps they have the worst mouth of anyone you've ever heard. I want you to think of that person for a minute. And please don't look at your spouse, okay? <laughs> I want you to think about that person for just a second and, and think of what would have to happen in their life for that person to one day walk up these steps and stand behind this pulpit and preach a message from God's Word. Now, some of you would say, Brother Bill, you don't know my neighbor. You don't know my boss at work. You don't know my brother-in-law. He is such a bad man. For him to get up there would be a miracle. Exactly, that's what God can do. You see, why does God save us? He saves us so that I can be changed. Now, what kind of tools does God use in his toolbox? Well, God has four tools. I want you to look here in verse number 13. It says, but I obtain mercy. Now, the first thing which God uses in our life is he gives us mercy. And by the way, mercy is when God gives us, God does not give us the punishment that we deserve. All right, You remember as a kid, uh, maybe you did something really bad and your dad said, well, I'm, I'm not going to spank you, but you sure do deserve it. Okay, that's mercy. And by the way, you and I deserve eternal punishment from God, and God withholds that from us. Not only does God use mercy, he also uses grace. Grace is undeserved gifts. Uh, this is uh, things which we don't deserve, but God just gives us. These blessings, because he's God and he can, and so he gives us his grace. And then not only does he use that, but he also uses faith, where we learn to trust in God. That's amazing that that God uses this this thing called faith, and, and the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But the Bible also says that we are saved by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so God uses faith, and then God uses love to draw us to himself. For God so loved the world. And so here we see not only Paul's sins, but God's tools. And then I want you to notice Paul's testimony. All right, the first thing that it says about Paul is that he was a saved sinner. Go back, please, to verse number 13. It says, Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. Now, in the Bible, you never find the phrase that someone got saved. Okay, you never find the phrase accepted Christ into their heart, that, that phrase is not in the Bible, or they, they accepted Christ as their Savior, that, that phrase is not in the Bible. What you find here in this passage, and you find it twice, is this phrase, I obtained mercy. It's found in verse number 13, jump down to verse number 16, you'll see it once again. It says, "Howbeit, for this cause, I obtained mercy. And so what we find here in this passage is that Paul is relating to us by using this phrase, I accepted Christ as my Savior, I got saved. What happened? He changed me. To what extent? Look, please, at verse number 12. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. See, he is not only a saved sinner, he's an enabled minister. He has now been enabled to accomplish what God wanted him to do because of this vital, this amazing, vast life change that God produces in Paul's life. Paul is now enabled to the point that he can minister the gospel to other people. Wow, that's amazing. It says, he hath enabled me, putting me into the ministry. Do you know that if a person stands behind this pulpit and preaches God's word, it's just because of God's grace. It's not because we deserve to be here. There is nothing good in us. We have become enabled ministers because of God working in our life. And so I would like to ask you to just consider for just a moment the fact that God has also done that in your life. And maybe you ask yourself, why did God save me? You know, I've got a neighbor who's not saved. I I have friends at work that aren't saved. I have uh, family members that aren't saved. I, (laughs) I hear about people in other parts of the world, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, Mexico. They're not saved. So why did God save me? Well, God saved me, first of all, so that I could be changed. Did you know that God still wants to change us? God still wants to change us. think about Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye... Transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse number seventeen. For you are bought with a price. Wherefore glorify. Pardon me. That's First Corinthians six twenty. You are bought with a price. Glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are Christ. First, uh, Second Corinthians five seventeen. old uh, things passed away. All things are become new. That's what God does in our life. He saves us so that we can be changed. Today I'm preaching to a whole church full of people. If you were to give testimony of things in your life that God changed when He saved you. Oh wow, what a wonderful God we serve. Sins that had shackled us and enslaved us. We are no longer subject to... To commit those sins. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We can say that that's true in our life. Because Jesus Christ came into our lives. And has changed us radically. Wow, praise God. That He is a God who saves us so that He can change us. You know, I've heard sometimes people say things like this, Brother Bill, I've got so many things I need to change in my life, and and if I'll just stop doing this and stop doing this, and, and, and then I'll come to Christ. It doesn't work that way. You actually can't stop sinning. You are a slave to sin. But if you will come to Christ, He will transform you, and He will change you see the change doesn't happen before salvation the change happens after salvation why does God save me why did God save me so that I could be changed so that I could be changed but secondly why did God save me so that I could be changed so that others could be saved you see there is a second reason why God has saved me God did not save me just so that he could change me If that change is affected in someone's life what a wonderful joy and maybe that's happened in your life and you've been changed now through salvation that's great but there's another reason why god saves us and that's so that others can be saved paul wrote my heart's desire and prayer to god for israel is that they might be saved romans chapter ten and verse number one you see after paul came to christ his desire his next step was to see All of Israel come to Christ. That was his desire. He wanted his own people to be saved. And maybe you're here right now and you've been praying uh, for a family member who's lost. Maybe you have a colleague at work that's lost. Maybe you have a friend at school who's lost. Maybe you have a spouse or a child who's lost, a parent. Please don't give up on them. Continue to live out your Christian life before them so that you will be an example, a witness, a testimony so that they can come to Christ. Look, please, at verse number 16. Well, let's start in 15. The Bible says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Christ Jesus... Which might show forth all long suffering, uh, suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You see, not only did God save me to change me, he saved me so that others can be saved. Now he does this in so many ways. Uh, sometimes this means you and I uh, go next door to our neighbor 's house and say, "Hey, friend, w- would you come with me on Sunday?" We're going to have a, a special service and I'd like for you to be there. Uh, please come with me. We're going to have this great service tonight at 5 o'clock and, and it's just going to blow your mind. We're going to have some wonderful things going on. Please come with me to Liberty Baptist Church. Maybe it's you witnessing over and over and over and over to that unsafe family remember until one day God's grace just breaks through and they say yes I need Jesus Christ as my Savior Uh, maybe it's you just being faithful in your uh, passing out tracks as you go throughout this city and and always taking something that you can hand to someone and this week I've been amazed okay we're in Las Vegas and I don't know if you know this but some people call this place sin city okay Uh, people outside of Las Vegas you do not have a great reputation here Okay? Sorry, folks. Sorry. Okay? Uh, This place is known for for not good stuff. Okay? Most people, when you say, I'm going to Las Vegas, they're like, Oh, you're going to Liberty Baptist Church. (laughs) No, that's not what people think. But as I have handed out these tracts this week, I have seen one after another after another take it and say... Oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Hey, thank you for this. I needed that. Yeah, I'm going to go read it right now. I've seen that happen multiple times just in the past few days. Please take advantage of that. As long as we have the liberty to do this freely and and people are still interested. Listen, I think sometimes, you know, when the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I think that's part of this reason why God saved us, so that others can be saved. See, he wants other people to come to Christ because of you. By the way, you came to Christ and I came to Christ because of somebody See, somebody had been saved and their life got changed and then God used them to reach us. You know, I I think back in my family, Pastor Tice, as far as we can tell, I think there's been about eight generations of Christians on one side of my family. One of my great, 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 great grandfathers was a, a pastor, an itinerant preacher. He would ride a horse and go around and preach in all these villages in Missouri And, uh, I mean, wow, what a great heritage. My grandfather was a missionary. My parents are missionaries. I'm a missionary. All of my family members basically are missionaries. I'm very grateful for what God did in my life. But can I tell you, can I tell you that God saves us so that other people can be saved? And by the way, when you lead a soul to Christ, ah, friend, that's one of the greatest moments in life is to see God work in that person's life and see them come to Christ greatest thing that will ever happen and so God saves us so that others can be saved my life is a pattern for others to follow see they can look at me and say okay this is what God did in his life okay that's what God could do in my life as well that's that's the way it works Uh, not only that my transformation is proof of God's power Uh, The fact that people can look at me and say, hey, you know, you're a different person. I remember back when you used to do, you know, all that we used to do. And they say, "What, what happened? Well, you know, I got saved. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and he's changed me. We had a man come to our church. His name was Armando. And armando came to church because his wife Carmela had invited him to church and and he came finally and he was listening and so he got saved that day and uh, he went home and he started thinking about some of the stuff he did and he decided he was gonna make a a few life changes uh, he had a side business Uh, during the week he had one job and that was to provide for the needs of his family but he had a weekend side business that was really great okay this business was to go and uh, beat people up for money Okay, Uh, so he had a friend, he and his friend Polo, uh, they would go and find uh, some people that maybe had a problem. Let's say Brother Allen here has a problem with his family and, uh, uh, you know, his brother-in-law is just really treating him wrong. And so they find out and they say, okay, hey, listen, you know, Mr. Allen, if you'd like, give us so much money, we'll beat him up and we'll tell him to never touch you again, okay? And so they make this agreement, and he's like, yeah, sure, I mean, this is worth 200 bucks. And so, uh, you know, they go, and they just beat the guy to a pulp, okay? And they say, don't you ever mess with Mr. Allen again. Oh, yes, sir, I promise I will never mess with him again. And, uh, and so they love their job. And whatever money they could get through that job, they'd go drink it off during the weekend, okay? They, they just love to get drunk. And, and there's people like that here in this, this area, too, from what I understand. And, uh, and so they, they, um, they had that kind of a business, all right? Uh, I'm not recommending that. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's what they did. So Polo goes to Armando's house on Friday, that next Friday. He says, hey, Armando, let's go. i got a couple of jobs for us. Armando's like, uh, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that anymore. He's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, um, Last Sunday I went to this church and I got saved, and so I won't be going out anymore. I, I won't be involved in that stuff anymore. And Polo's furious. So Monday morning he shows up at the church, and I'm there, I'm working on installing a light. And uh, I hear this guy come in. He's, he's a little shorter than me, but he's built like a tank, you know, and he comes in and he says, Hey, who's the guy in charge? And I'm like, Down there, my dad. <laughs> you know, my voice Cracked. And I took him to my dad's office, and he was so mad. And he asked my dad what we had done to Armando, and, and dad sat him down. And they talked for a couple of hours. And, and then when he left, Polo had also accepted Christ as his Savior. Um, Polo uh, started working for us as a bus captain. Oh, man, he was awesome. You know, he'd show up at these people's houses, knock on the door. They'd open it up, and he'd be like, because <laughs> they knew who he was. And uh, he's like... Be ready tomorrow morning, 9.30. I'll be here for you and your family. Don't be late. Uh-huh. People started coming. His bus route was the best one we had. <laughs> and, um, and then he, he enrolled in the Bible Institute. He became a preacher. Okay, can you imagine? Here's this guy, former boxer. has got arms built. Well, some of you guys, same thing. And, uh, you know, arms just built up. I mean, he's a strong, powerful guy. And uh, he's, he's out there, and now he's preaching. And people are like, wow, look what God did. So why does God save us? He saves us to change us so that other people can be saved, so that others can be saved. There's a third reason. Jump down to verse number 17. He says, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever amen here's a third reason so that God could be praised you see god saved me so that i could be changed so that others could be saved so that god could be praised see god is is worthy he's worthy because he alone is the king of kings okay i hope you understand there's no other god like our god He's the only Lord of lords. He's the only King of kings. Not only that, He alone is eternal, invisible. He is the only wise God. He's the only one like that. There's no other God like our God. There's no one who can transform, who can change like our God. And so He deserves glory. He he deserves glory from His church. He deserves glory from my life. That's why God saved me, so that He could be praised. He alone deserves eternal honor and glory. There we go. You see, God wants us to be saved so that He can show this great power to others. 2001 I had the privilege of going to Ghana to preach I went over there and one of the towns that we visited was called Trubadoum, and we went to this little village in Trubadoum and and it's a it's a very poor area and uh, there was no gospel preaching church there as a matter of fact as far as we know they had never had a gospel preaching service in that particular village and early in the day we went and we did some soul winning and I went with uh, brother Benjamin Apoko uh, one of the nationals there and we went to this house and when you go to the house you you don't knock on a door there's no doorbell or nothing like that there's just a doorway and you just walk in and sit down and so we walked in and we sat down and uh, then sooner or later somebody notices you're there <laughs> that's kinda of fun and then uh, they come out and they they see you're there and so they say Akwaba and then you respond, Ya'ason, Akwaba means welcome and Ya'ason means kind of like I receive your welcome and then they give you a glass of water and then they say well why have you come? and so I told this lady I said well I've come with a message from God and she says oh that's wonderful she said did you bring the money? and I said well you know God didn't say anything to me about money why is it that you want money she said well a few months ago my husband passed away And his family thinks that I poisoned him. And our life has just been miserable. And so actually what I want is money to go buy some medicine that I'm going to give to my kids. And then when they die, then I'll take the medicine and I'll die. And then wherever he is, then we'll be with him because we don't want to live anymore. And I said, well, ma'am, actually God does want you to live. And he wants to give you eternal life. And she said, "What's eternal life. So, well, let me explain that to you. And that day she got saved. That night she came to the service. The Lord began to bless and they actually built a church on a piece of land there in that town. I went back just a few years ago and uh it had been about 17, 18 years since I was there the first time and uh I preached in Trubudum on a Sunday morning in a church building now and there were about 200 people there that day. And it was awesome. It was a great service. And after the service, I went to the back, and I was shaking hands, talking with people. And uh, it was just a great time of fellowship. And I noticed this one lady kind of waiting around. And then when the crowd thinned out, she came up to me, and she said, excuse me, Brother Bill, do you remember me? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And she said, well, you came to my house, and I told you that I wanted to, uh, to die, but you told me that God wanted me to live, and he wanted my children to live. Do you remember that? And I said, oh, yes, I do. And she said, well, I just wanted to say thank you, and I wanted to introduce you to my three kids. These are my two daughters, and, uh, and they've been saved and baptized. And, and, and this is my son, and he, he's uh, currently preparing himself in a Bible college. He wants to be a pastor. She said, thank you for coming to my home. Why did God save me? So that I could be changed. So that others could be saved. So that God could be praised. See, it's really simple. When we give to missions, we're taking part in that aspect of other people being saved. When some of you may one day go visit a missionary on the field personally go there that's a part of so that others can be saved if God were to call a family from this church and and Liberty Baptist were to send them out as your representatives to another country that would be a part of others being saved see why did God save me so that I could be changed so that others could be saved so that God could be praised. Heavenly Father, would would you just please impress upon our hearts this very simple truth. Lord, truly without you there is nothing that we can do. But Lord, today I'd ask that you would work in our hearts and that your will would be accomplished in our lives for your honor and for your glory. With your head's bowed and your eyes closed. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now, for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.